Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into episode 279 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network, presented by Justice Dental. Today's show is a very, very, very big one, breaking down the latest with seven foot two Croatian forward Zonomir Avisic. It is also a special QA edition of the show where we introduce Sources Say's KS Board Question of the Week. But before we get started, a quick message from our friends at Justice Dental. Sources say is presented by the great team of Justice Dental. Visit one of their two Lexington locations by scheduling an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling or texting 859-543-0700. Dr. Thompson, Dr. Justice, and their team look forward to seeing you soon. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I am fantastic, Jack Pilgrim. How are you? Oh, very, very, very excited for this one. We got a lot to talk about, Sean. Uh, this was going to be just a Q&A edition of the show where we answered some recruiting stuff. Uh, Billy Richmond's coming off an official visit to Lexington. We were going to talk about how that's going. Maybe if there was an update on Big Z, we were going to talk about that. You know, some leftovers on Boogie Flan's visit. Uh, just, you know, the latest. We were going to kind of keep it simple and, and get creative with some Q, uh, Q&A stuff. Uh, we are going to get our KS Board question of the week coming on. And uh, just here in a little bit, we're very excited to bring him on. Uh, and it's I got, it's a wacky question. I'm excited for you to see what it is, Sean. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with that one. But we're getting some movement. And it's positive movement. Thank goodness, because... Uh, the last week or so, Sean, with Big Z has been nothing but negative. There's kind of this mindset, uh, and we've talked about this in the last couple of shows, where the longer this dragged out, the greater the chance that, A, he would find a new home. He was getting restless. He was getting antsy. He was going to go try to, you know, get on a college campus sooner rather than later. Um, but I feel like once we hit a certain window, it almost started – swinging the other direction and I got a couple you know I've been working the phones all day and, and I got a couple of really positive updates that I am very excited to share with the class um, that have me thinking that there's a chance that Cal gets this thing done uh, he's been working tirelessly to make it clear that he's wanted here in Lexington that that Cal is going to be the one to help him reach his professional dreams uh, in the NBA don't just get restless just because, you know, you're, you're wanting to get on a campus. You want to get classes started. Like, be patient. Let's massage this thing. Let's, let's you know, let's take a step back. Uh, and I think once we kind of got past a point of little, you know, a panic maybe on both sides, uh, I think things are starting to – the dust is starting to settle a little bit. And we're not out of the woodwork quite yet, but things are trending a little bit closer in the right direction uh, that has me thinking that – there's, there's probably better chance now that he makes it on campus than he does. Yeah, and last week when we recorded, we had no idea, right? It had been a week. Now it's been two weeks. I love the backdrop, by the way. 
the the big Z jersey there behind you, the 44. I think that's perfect for this episode. Uh, and no, that would that would be fantastic news if if it gets to that point because I think over the course of the last week, a lot of people probably had start to accept possibly that it wasn't going to get done. The longer it went, the more concern there was. But you know, you you drop that today and, and and talking about it on this episode. If if Cal and Kentucky can get this done, then it makes you feel a lot of a lot better about what this roster and team can do because it gives them depth at a position where they're just have key injuries. I mean, you've had Bradshaw out all summer. you got Ugana out all summer. You didn't want to run the risk getting into that season and getting another injury to one of those two, and then you get really, really thin. So getting him here, if it works out, it would be tremendous and it would be big news uh, for this basketball program. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know the details and the specifics. I kind of got – I feel like I got a little too close to the sun with the actual admissions process and some of the – details that came of that and you know you don't want to air out some of the you know people kids personal lives like that's just not the way I operate and um, I kind of feel like taking a step back in that regard is probably important and just where it's just like you know it is what it is I think the public push helped uh, you know I think there was a, a real push to get that waiver and, and hoping that maybe if everybody kind of puts their heads together uh, maybe Eli Capaluto will feel that, hey, you know, it's probably for the greater good to, to make this happen. While also, I think the biggest part of this is do not let him feel that he could go somewhere else. Don't let the vultures that are circling to, to try to steal this kid away, don't let that, you know, win out at the end of the day. I think there was this, let's just hold, hold, hold. And once we kind of cleared this immediate, uh, you know, immediate time frame. I think now with Cal and his staff are, you know, it kind of reminds me in a way, Sean, of, of Ugana Onyenso, where Ugo this uh, offseason, to start the offseason, there was kind of uh, uncertainty about what, what his role would look like playing time. Uh, you know, people in his circle were wanting certain things for him that maybe even Ugo didn't necessarily care for. Uh, and there was so much outside noise going on with Ugo that, the UK staff just said, whatever you do, just know that we love you. We have the vision for you in Lexington. We know that we're going to help you reach your dreams. Hear people out if that's what you care about. If you want to uh, you know, listen to some of that outside noise, that's fine, whatever. But just know that we're always going to be here for you. We're always going to welcome you in. And we know what's best for you and your basketball future. And I think that's kind of what's happening with Big Z, where there are still national folks that are skeptical that this is going to happen it's still a, a lot of a lot to get through with the admissions process and the, you know getting the visa and this is this is brand new territory that Kentucky is not you know hasn't dealt with but they feel that they have at least put themselves in a position to not lose him to another program and I think that's the most important part we're not racing against the clock to get him into classes you still have till mid-October to make that part happen the the, the concern was he wants to get over here as soon as possible. There are other schools in his ear saying, you don't have to take another test. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. We can get you in right now, drama free. Why don't you come on to our campus and be a, a basketball, a college basketball star? So um, I think we just had to clear that point, clear that threshold. And now that the dust has settled a little bit, I think there's a lot more to be uh, excited for. And, and I think Z is kind of tuning out some of that outside noise and just saying, all right, the, the Cal and his staff are telling me to trust them. 
I'm going to take a step back and, and trust them. And I think that's where we are right now, where uh, it's we're still not out of the weeds completely. Um, I, I, I just feel comfortable saying, as of right now, Kentucky isn't prepared to lose him to another school if this kid doesn't get in and, you know, he can't, he can't get into any college. That's one thing, but they just, they just aren't going to let this kid go to another school and be a potential star there. Yeah, that was the, that was the concern, right? That's been the concern for the last two weeks. I'll ask you this though. What kind of time frame are we working with Jack? Is it mid October? Like, like what are we working with that he has to be here if this does get done for him to be able to get in classes, get the semester started Somebody was asking me a couple of days ago if it was a possible that he could be a mid-year enrollee guy. I, I don't know about that. So uh, what, what is the timeline that you think Kentucky's working with here? Because it's uh, been two weeks. It, I, I think Ben Roberts with, with the Herald Leader did a tremendous job of kind of breaking down the actual dates and, um, you know, talking to a UK spokesperson to, to get the, you know, you can be a partial enrollee and still make it onto campus and, and be a, be here for a partial semester and still be completely eligible from a basketball perspective. And, and that's why I, I think that kind of got lost in translation a little bit, that this has never really been a battle of we got to get him in by this drop date or he's toast. Like that, it's never been about that. It's been about the pressure of you can't lose him to another school. There was always flexibility on when we could get him in and the, what that timeline would look like, it was just about, is he going to be patient enough to get to that point? And I think that was some of the internal concern on Kentucky side is we just cannot let that happen. We can't let these other schools that are highly interested in, in our kid, you know, this, this, like, like we've talked about on several shows in the past, Kentucky has put in a ton of legwork to make this happen. They have, you know, gone to go see him in person. They have set up countless phone calls and meetings and, uh, you don't want to put that much in and kind of be Calipari's best kept secret and then lose him out uh, due to a technicality. Like I, that, that, I think that was the frustration on their part. Um, I don't know what the details look like in terms of, is he going to just retake the test? Is he, you know, we've talked to ad nauseum about the, the, the English proficiency exam and what that looks like. And uh, you know, Right now, UK is its foot down and says he does not meet the qualifications in that regard. But they have made it clear that he is more than willing, more than you know, they're they're happy to let him retake it and submit qualifying scores for for that proficiencies test and then move on from there like nothing happened. And I think that's probably where we are right now. Um, I don't know the details of when that next test would be taken if he's already taken it uh, again i feel like we were kind of flying a little too close to the sun there with the actual like why he failed the first one and the red flags that popped up and the admissions and like it, it this is i think between big z and the academic side to get kind of taken care of cal and his staff just didn't want to let anything happen to where he would leave for another school and i think they have firmly put themselves in position there is there is a lot of confidence on the Kentucky coaching staff side that Big Z will be wearing a Kentucky basketball uniform this winter, not during the January that, January semester. This uh, to to start the regular season. Is that something too where Kentucky's confidence really didn't waver throughout this? Because for the last two weeks, we've seen a lot of panic. You know, you had hashtag Big Z trending on Twitter. You had fans talking about it. It's been the biggest story surrounding the basketball program for the last two weeks. But did, did you get a sense that Kentucky internally within that coaching staff and the program 
didn't necessarily panic, Jack, that they've had the confidence all along that this could get done or that we would be at the same point and not really uh, – the concern was him going elsewhere, but how confident do you think they've been all along that he does enroll at Kentucky? Whether they would tell you that publicly I think is different than the actual feel. Um, I think the reason why this got so public with the details being what they are uh, were because there was a sense of, man, we cannot let this kid get away. We, we earned him. We, we are, th- there's so much excitement about Cal, you know, Cal saw this kid on film and said, man, with the system we're running and the pieces we have around him, this could be that icing on the cake piece that, you know, answers all those questions that we talked about with, you know, what would this team look like without him? Is the health still an issue? What about the depth? What happens if something else presents itself down the road where, you know, Ugo reaggravates his foot or Aaron Bradshaw react, you know, whatever the case is, they just didn't want to put themselves in that position. This was the kind of fix all for all of that. And they got so close to the finish line. You just can't get there and then lose him because the kid can't get through a stupid English proficiency exam when he speaks four languages. It's like, oh, are we really going to let all of this hard work mean nothing? And and I, I think that's where they are right now, where they are uh, they feel they feel good about where th- things stand. They will tell you now after the fact. I'm sure we there, that was never all that drama was for nothing. We always had this under control, and that you know I think part of that is. If you are John Calipari and the University of Kentucky coaching staff, you got to have that kind of confidence. You got to have that confidence and say, we we were going to get this figured out one way or the other. John Calipari doesn't miss on guys that he that he wants and needs on this roster. And I think Big Z fits that criteria. Well, well, if Cal and the coaching staff panic, then it leads to who panicking? Big Z, right? The fan base was panicking enough as is for the last couple of weeks, and rightfully so. And I, I still think people will be holding their breath that this does get done until we know for sure that he has arrived on campus. But it was such a good PR boost for the program when he committed, given the style of play, the fit, the the rim protection, the ability to shoot the ball, the ability to space the floor and not give up defensive presence to get it. It was such a good PR bump because of the way that they played in Toronto at Global Jam. And then you start getting into the semester and you start to take maybe a negative PR bump. So uh, hopefully this, this gets done. Hopefully he gets to campus. And uh, he provides some talented depth and quality depth for this basketball team. And I don't want fans to take this and say, Big Z's a done deal. Check check that box. He's on, you know, he's on his way over from Croatia. It's a done deal. Like it just there, there's been so much negativity surrounding this situation. And and rightfully so. I mean, it, again, fall semester is already here. Kids are already on on campus. Actual practice starts next week. Like it was understandable where some of that panic would come from on the fan side of things. And especially when things get so public the way they did the last couple of weeks about the admissions process and some of the, the small details about what was going on and, you know, the, the accommodations that he needed and different things like that, where it made a lot of sense why it got so public the way it did, because, you know, this was a really important kid, but, I, I think at the end of the day, can, Cal will not lose this kid. And if, if it comes down to it where they just cannot get the scores, the qualifying scores necessary in, then I think that, you know, just so be it at that point. But uh, Cal was just not going to lose this 
kid to another school. And I think that's where, where we are. And um, it's not a done deal. There's still a lot to uh, up in the air, but it, it feels good to have things trending in the right direction for a change because it was like just such a roller coaster up and then, you know, dropped ever so slightly since then. So that, that it's been a, an absolute whirlwind and a mess, but I'm glad that we're at least getting some sort of, of clarity on that. So uh, life is good. We don't, don't panic it's yet. Been, life, it's life been a roller yeah, it's been a roller coaster all summer, though, right? Like you get into June, we talked about the scholarships and the lack thereof that they had uh, players on the roster. Then you get the high of Global Jam, and then you you come back down. And uh, like I said, when we had Jeff Goodman on a few weeks ago, it doesn't matter how many turns you take as long as you get to your destination and where you want to go. And if this is another one of those turns that Kentucky gets it, and it's a right turn, then uh, who really cares where we end up as long as we get where we're wanting to go? And that hopefully that is with a full roster. Uh, talented roster that Kentucky can go into the season with. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I don't think you could give that move anything less than an A plus plus plus. I saw somebody respond that to me on Twitter. I think uh, if Cal can get this done, I mean, he overcame a lot of freaking odds to make that happen. And, and the the credit is absolutely deserved, especially just for the work on, on the staff side where there was a lot working against them with this. And, and when you add the new layer of other schools wanting him and trying to get in his ear and kind of wedge hit, put a wedge between him and, and the Kentucky coaching staff, uh, th that's got to feel good. If you're Cal and, you know, Orlando Antigua, Chin Coleman, uh, Chuck Martin, like you got to feel really good about laying the groundwork, laying the foundation, putting in so much work and then having that win at the end of the day. Uh, that's the goal. Let's see what happens. I'm not, you know, all in on this quite yet. You know, there's there's still some national skepticism, but it does feel good that uh, it's not all dire. The, the the sky is falling around the Kentucky basketball program. It just kind of take a step back and say they're gonna they're they're trying to get this handled, and we'll we'll see uh, how how things unfold from there. Uh, this has been uh, the idea of this show is going to be a Q and A session, and I got some awesome questions from. Uh, KS board. We're going to bring on our very special guest very soon. I don't know if he's in here quite yet, but if not, make sure if he's watching this, make sure he jumps in and we'll get him on soon. Uh, but until then, let's answer a couple questions that we already had uh, dialed up in the queue. KP wildcat 24 says, has Sean changed IP providers yet? <laughs> I'm in a much better place today <laughs> than I was. So uh, let's, let's go with that. This, this, this is by far the best setup that, that we've had. Yeah, we're like, you know, you're, you're in Lexington. You you work in Lexington at, at the school. You're right down the street from KS office. We're like, you know what? We got Steven's fancy equipment. Why not make the most of it and, and have you have you looking good? Uh, yeah, you, you look you look very, very nice today, Steven or Sean. Um, AK yeah, nice though. AKA UK swoosh uh, says uh, Jasper Johnson said he grew up a UNC uh, UNC fan. Are they a real threat? Uh, Jasper got an offer from UNC this past week. Uh, that is a school that he did grow up cheering for. I still would not bet against the Kentucky Wildcats. There's just too much pointing toward this staff. The connections run so deep. Um, this isn't a recruitment that Cal can just kind of say, we got him locked up. Nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. And I think they know that they're still putting in work to open the recruiting period. Uh, they did go out to link Academy and meet with Jasper and again, make it clear that he's wanted in 24, 25, whenever he is ready to come, they want him. Uh, he is eligible to be a reclass guy. 
Uh, we had Travis Branham on last week, said that the the latest kind of buzz is that he is planning toward planning on sticking in that 2025 class. I don't care when he comes personally. I, I think there is something to be said about him growing and developing his body a little bit, uh, sticking one more year and just you know seeing how things go this year at Link. He's going to be playing on a national schedule. It's going to be really important to see uh, where things go in that front. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this high school season go goes, but um I, I want him in a Kentucky uniform no matter when it comes. He, he's a terrific talent. I'm very excited. Uh, I would not bet on the uh, UNC Tar Heels as of, as of yet. I, I think it would take a, a complete 180 to make that happen. No, that, that, that Kentucky connection runs deep for sure. So uh, I, I think that ultimately he will end up here if that's what both sides want and uh, would, would be big you know, for the program, big for the state, big for Kentucky. I think it is important that Jasper goes the prep route that he's on right now to kind of see where he's at as a player. It gives Kentucky a chance to evaluate him in that environment and in that climate. So uh, I, I definitely think he's a talented kid, and uh, we'll be seeing what he does over the course of the season. I mean, he was impressive at Peach Jam. He was impressive in a workout that you and I saw maybe, what, three or four weeks ago. So uh, we'll see what happens over the course of the next year. But if he does stay in 25 or if he comes to 24, I think he's a talented player that fits this program. All right, Sean, I believe our very special guest is here. Let's bring on our very first the debut of Sources Say's KS Board Guest of the Week. What's going on, man? Uh, your question was awesome. The ghost of Pete Gillen. Well, why don't you ask, uh, ask your question? Quickly to clarify, would you like the recruiting one or the hypothetical basketball one? You won because I really enjoyed both of them, so I want you to do both. Okay. Let's start with, you know, hypothetical basketball. Thank you, uh, Coach Smith and Mr. Pilgrim, for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so for this hypoth hypothetical, say that you grew to six foot eight. Which Cal player that has been drafted, no ask you, no quade green, get him out of here. Would you feel like you have the best chance to beat in a one-on-one? -on -one? First to three, you start with the ball. Sean, I'm, you, you got to go first. It's, it's I'm going. I'm going. You, Jack. You always put me on the spot here. <laughs> so, <laughs> if I grew to six foot eight, I I feel like that would work. I, I kind of have like a Jason Tatum style of play to my mm -hmm. game. I am a very okay shooter, like a very average shooter, but I'm skilled around the basket. I work well out of the high post in the in the mid range. So, uh, I feel really confident about my ability to. See, I feel like Khalil Whitney is a cop-out answer, but I feel like I could I, I could score on him if I were six eight. Um, does height does height matter to who is guarding me? Say that again, like rephrase that. Does height does, matter? Does, so, if I'm six eight, does it matter if you know I have to score on Tyler Ulis at five nine, or does it have to be you know somebody of equal equal or lesser equal or greater value from a height perspective? Tyler Ulis was a pick that came to mind early. I think as a taller person, you could likely score on him. The other school of thought might be, you know, the Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, the defensively, the offensively challenged one that you might be able to luck out a stop against, you know. One-on-one, -on -one, game to three, I start with the ball. Give me... I'm scoring, I'm scoring on Andrew Harrison. <laughs> That's that's my answer. I'm I'm scoring on Andrew Harrison. Sean, who who are you scoring on if you're six eight? If I'm six eight, I mean Tyler Ewis was the one that came to mind just because he is the the smallest in height out of out of all the others. But 
is it guys that's been drafted or is it guys that are on a two-way deal? Like, is it, is there any guys of these guys? Were, guys that have been drafted was my first idea, but you know, take okay. it however you will. I would, I would take Tyler Ewis. I think I would go Ewis. And I, I know we've had him as a guest on here and I'm, I'm so glad that we, we don't have him on here the next now. week because he would, he would cook me for this one. <laughs> but if you, if you're able to get like, cause you were a, quick trigger shooter Sean in your heyday like I feel like all you would need is three quick shots and it, it's I'm useless. also five foot nine so that quick but trigger if, is not going to matter if it's six seven six eight but if oh, you're oh, six, I'm, eight. I'm six eight that's true hold up here yeah let me rethink this Oscar Sheboy Oscar Sheboy hmm. interesting answers all right let's go to the next part of that <laughs> Okay, next question, a little more recruiting in the wheelhouse here. Um, so different scenarios that could come out of this season, the recruiting in the offseason. Um, Dore, you get VJ Edgecombe to come here. You get Billy Richmond. Uh, you get Patrick, Big Patrick. Um, Reed, Rob, and Adu all come back, right? You got a veteran veteran start. Door B, you get Darren Peterson. You get Jane Quins. You get Boogie Fland. Reed comes back but Robin Adu leave, and then you kind of have to fill out the rest with transfers and a little more uncertainty. Which way are you going? Oh, man, that, that's a great one. I really appreciate you coming on, man. That, that Chase, that, that really great stuff. I, I'm i a big Jaden Quaintance guy. Very, very big Jaden Quaintance guy. So I and I think Darren Peterson, for my money, is, is you know one of the best guards in all of high school basketball, regardless of class. So for my money, I'm going. I'm betting on the high ceiling and Darren Peterson, Jaden Quaintance, and Boogie Flan, uh, and I think Reed coming back would be awesome. And we'll talk a little bit uh, here in a second about Boogie Flan and you know the recruiting behind all that. Um, but I do think that Boogie Flan and Reed Shepard would work very, very nicely together in a backcourt, backcourt, especially with Darren Peterson there. I know you're lo- losing Rob Dillingham. I know you're losing a Do Thero. That part sucks, but I also trust Cal's ability to land you know, one of those just final remaining pieces in the transfer portal. So that's my uh, my guess, Sean. Do you have a differing opinion on that one? No, no, that was actually the exact way I was going to go. With, with Peterson, if he ends up in 24, I mean, it's it completely strengthens the whole entire 24 class. I mean, that's that's a, that's a talented piece for sure. You put him there, and, and then you and I actually had this conversation uh, about Boogie Flynn and Reed Shepard that I, I would love the addition of Boogie Flynn more if Reed Shepard is on that Kentucky roster. I, th- I think that would be a really, really good backcourt. And, and like, that's not no slighted VJ Edgecombe. I love Billy Richmond. Obviously, you've, uh, one of my favorite players in the class, regardless. Uh, Big Patrick, that's a new one. I'm not as high on him, especially long term, as I especially would be, Jay, you know, Jaden Quaintance and uh, some of the other guys. I, I know Travis Brandon was on last week and just couldn't rave about Big Patrick enough. So that's an interesting one. And you get Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, and Adu Thero back. That's very exciting. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I'm, bet, I'm betting on the upside. I'm betting on Cal to turn uh, Darren Peterson, Jaden Quaintance, an absolute superstar. So those are my final, final answers, man. Thank you so much for coming on for the debut uh, of KS Board's question of the week, Chase. Um, keep, keep them coming. Keep those good questions coming. We'll, we'll do this every week. Of course. Thank you both for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. The good, awesome. good stuff, man. I, I really, I really enjoyed that part, Sean. Yeah, I did too. I thought uh, it's a, it's a good way to engage the people to listen to the show and, and, and get them on the screen and, and fun questions too. Really good questions. Yeah, it's a dollar to subscribe to KS KS Board right now. Uh, KSR Plus, it's awesome stuff. Make sure you do that. I sent a tweet tweet out today. Uh, 
right after sending out my little nugget on uh, Big Z. So go just go find that link. Go subscribe. You want to make no, no no better deal out there right now than a dollar uh, for a month to get it tried out. See if you like it. You will like it. I guarantee you. And we'll uh, keep keep these questions coming because you'll get a chance to come on this show and ask the questions to us. Uh, specifically. So uh, we appreciate him coming on and, and making the, the uh, his debut here. Let's keep rolling through some of these questions. Uh, J2 Centerfield says, this may be a little open-ended, but what is UK's plan in the backcourt for next year? Only guy I'd say is coming back is Reed Shepard. I like Boogie Fland as a role piece, but not as a main contributor. We just offered Edgecombe, uh, but likely have to make up ground for him. Is UK setting themselves up for a Darren Peterson reclass looking at transfer portal heavy? Uh, I can see it. I can at least see the plan for the front court. Ugo, Adu, Burks all back, and you get Somto as a commit, recruiting Jaden Quaintance hard. Also, uh, if Big Z were to ever make it campus, could he come back as well? That's an interesting thing because he uh, is would not be able to test the draft waters again. So uh, a lot – of stuff going on there and really just kind of big picture. What is the plan for 2024 and recruiting? So let's use that as a uh, you know platform to talk about Billy Richmond and, and this visit this past weekend. I heard absolutely glowing reviews of how things went and uh, to the point where th- as of right now, the plan is to keep these visits uh, as scheduled. He has, he has three more visits on the docket right now, official scheduled, but uh, there is some talk that maybe, he has seen all he needs to see. So I, I don't know how quickly things could move. I've said all along that, that Billy Richmond is a, a Kentucky lean. There's, there's just way too many connections there uh, with John Calipari. He loves being here. DJ Wagner and Aaron Bradshaw are in, are in his ear. They want him here as well. Uh, Billy Richmond is a guy, Sean, that I, uh, I am a really, really big fan of. I think he's a perfect fit for what John Calipari does and, and the offense that he runs here. For my money, he's he's up there among the most important guys uh, for, for John Calipari's recruiting uh, in regardless of, of uh, year right now. I, I agree. I think so, too. And, and he fits the mold of the guys that Cal has got into this program over the 13, 14 years that he's been here. Are, are there some areas to his game that he needs to improve? Absolutely. Like, I mean, obviously shooting is an area that needs to improve, but his ability to be to be a two-way guy and defend on the other end with that frame and, and that body, I think, is probably uh, one of the most appealing things about him. Jack, an, an athletic, big body, super strong, super explosive, a lot of athleticism. I, I think that that would be a, a perfect addition to this class. And then, too, another thing about when, when Kentucky puts its recruiting classes together, it, it's always an advantage when you can kind of have two or three pieces in it early during that early signing period. So I think it'd be something to watch over the course of the next, what, five, six, seven weeks as we get closer to November and that early signing day is how many guys are in the fold early. Those have been some of the better classes. Majority of this one, of this group that's on campus now, was already here and, and signed a year ago, or not quite a year ago, but in, in November. So I, I think that's always important too. So I, he is definitely one of those guys that to watch. Hey, look at – it's, it's easy to tell what Cal is, you know, who he's prioritizing based on watching his actions. And if you look, look closely, Billy Richmond's a guy that he has been all over from the beginning. Early offer extended to him uh, has been really working that relationship for a while. But if you watch closely at Boogie Flant, that one is really fascinating because he takes his official visit to Lexington. Literally two days later, John Calipari is a keynote speaker uh, at a, an event, a coaching clinic held at Boogie Flans High School that turns into a, you know, one-on-one meeting with uh, John Calipari and all three staff members were there as well. So it was like a four-on-one meeting with uh, Boogie Flan 
uh, individually. And then tonight, John Calipari is hosting uh, Boogie Flan on an in-home visit, or I guess Boogie Flan is hosting John Calipari and uh, an assistant on an in-home visit. And uh, Cal's there at an open gym right now. Sean, those types of moves, when you kind of stack visits on top of one another, official visit, coaching visit, the coaching clinic, and then another in-home less than a week later, when you get those types of moves and, and you know, things are trending in that direction, it means something. And I, th- I think you can kind of put two and two together here to, to say that uh, Cal likes what he sees with Boogie Flan. I think there's a personality fit above all else. Boogie is a flawed basketball player. He's inefficient, you know, kind of uh, very confident, but also that kind of works against him at times because he that can, you know, can result in four of 14 shooting performances every once in a while. But the confidence, uh, confidence also works in his favor from a – he can – you know, hit shots out to 30 feet. Uh, he's confident as an on or off ball guy, uh, attacks the the rim, has that kind of big New York persona that I personally love about him. I think he would embrace the spotlight really well. He's a big Apple kid, you know, going to Lexington, playing at Rupp Arena would not bother the big bright lights would not bother him. Stuff like that. John Calipari likes traits like that. Uh, and if you just look at the way Cal is operating, I think if you put two and two together, I think it's pretty clear that he's looking to go for the kill there. Yeah, that that New York personality and, and the confidence, he certainly has it to play in this program. But you're mentioning kind of the, the pattern here with Kentucky, the official visit, and, and then now, you know, seeing him an in-home visit. But also you can look at other schools' reactions. And Indiana, it wasn't long after the official visit. You see Indiana kind of trying to get maybe some of that momentum and, and things back. So it's always, to me, important not only to watch – the program that just came off the official visit or what Kentucky's doing, but watch how other schools and programs are reacting as well and those coaching staff. So clearly Kentucky is in a pretty good position right now with Boogie Fland. And I told you this earlier today before we started recording that if Reed Shepard is, is on this roster a year from now, then I, I would love the addition of Boogie Fland even more because I, I feel like as long as Boogie's not the main guy, and he can slide off and play the two. He's got the ability to shoot the ball. He has limited, unlimited range. I mean, he can, I mean, like you said, 25, 26, 27 feet and beyond, uh, he's going to shoot the ball. He's got that confidence. I think that confidence and, and that style is better suited if you have someone that's a veteran piece to play that role in the backcourt. And then I still expect this roster to, to kind of go a little bit heavier on the transfer portal a year from now, depending on how many guys on this current team return. We know that's still an option, but I expect Kentucky to kind of mix in the portal a little bit more next year in the spring than what they have the last two seasons. It, it's kind of like what we are seeing with this current recruiting class and how the playing style kind of um, came to be in Toronto and what the big vision, I think, with uh, with with this roster is right now, where – each individual talent, you could kind of poke holes in and say, well, DJ is not going to be a 40% three-point shooter. Rob Dillingham's inefficient. Justin Edwards, you, you know, was a little stiff at times. You know, you could go through each individual guy and point out flaws. But if you look at them as a, as a, as a sum of all parts and see how they work together as a group and the cohesiveness there and, and the style of play – they kind of, you know, maximize the strength and minimize the weaknesses. That's kind of the goal with all this. So, as you said, if you could get, Reed, you know, Reed Shepard back and kind of have him be the guy, um, 
he's already kind of exceeding every expectation right now. If you can get him back for year two and have him emerge as, you know, kind of the, the face of this program going into a sophomore season and then have Boogie Flan do what he does best, but don't make him take 20 shots a game. Let him kind of just do what he does best without having the ball in his hand every single possession. I think that helps. And if you get a guy like Darren Peterson or a VJ Edgecombe, you know, things are they just offered him this past week. If you can kind of build that class around him with a Jaden acquaintance, you know, athletic freak, you know, if you can kind of do that and go step by step with this. And if you look at it as, as a total unit, you can see the vision there. And that's something that I missed. I will absolutely admit that I missed last summer when we were talking about this or not last summer, but um, you know, going into the spring, having individual concerns about each of these guys that, that, Cal was signing and going, man, I just don't know if I see it. And then kind of seeing the vision come to fruition in Toronto, you go, ah, my bad. I was wrong. Freely admit I was wrong. I think we could see something similar with 24. And the style of play goes into kind of you having that change, right? That change of approach to to how you view this team. And, and, And we had the benefit, Jack, of actually seeing these guys in action. I know it was at Global Jam. I know it's different competition than what they're going to be seeing in the SEC or in the Champions Classic against Kansas. But getting to see those guys kind of ease some of those concerns, but it's the way that they fit together. I think you made a perfect point. Maybe moving forward, I look less at flaws with each individual of each one of these individual players and start looking at, okay, how do they fit alongside the other guards in this, in this class? How do they fit alongside the bigs? And then you kind of look at this class as a whole. And as long as uh, Kentucky's going with this style of play and it fits what Kentucky's doing and plans to do this season. Now, it remains to be seen, right? Like we know we saw it in Global Jam. I hope we see it in the Champions Classic in November, and I hope we see it moving forward throughout the season that Kentucky commits to that more open style, especially on the offensive end of the floor. And if they do that, I think you could see their recruiting kind of reflected as well, that they're wanting to transition and kind of stay with that four-out, five-out approach. Absolutely. Um, go back to the question feed on KS board. Connor Rigg says, do you think it's a realistic possibility that Rob Dillingham returns for a sophomore season. I think that's going to be one to monitor closely because physically he's not there yet. I mean, heard it from Cal himself uh, that he left Toronto saying, I didn't like the way I was kind of, I wasn't able to get to my spots. I was, you know, the, the physicality was working against me in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I know it's going to be even worse during SEC play. And yes, he added, some weight he you know all, all the way up to 177 uh you know coming in you know buck 55 dripping wet like he's wor- actively working toward that but will he be ready to actually make that jump to the nba in eight months i think that's a bigger question i am rooting like hell for a, a sophomore season of rob dillingham as he, he adjusts to the physicality and he gets bigger and stronger and uh, you know adapts to that structure of of Kentucky basketball, I think he would be tremendous as a sophomore here. And I think uh, it might springboard him to the NBA a little bit better, that sophomore campaign. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you think that there's a chance that we could see year two of Rob Dillingham? I do. I I do think there is a chance that that you see him. And obviously, uh, to me, with Rob this year, Jack, it's do you listen to the noise? And Cal talks about it a ton. There's always going to be the clutter from the outside. There's always going to be that talk. You can't listen to it. And, and to me, what we saw from Rob in Toronto, you and I talked about this when we hosted 
uh, KSR at Peach Jam was the difference in the mindset and the, and the things that we were hearing about Rob Dillingham since he'd arrived on campus. We also got to see that same approach. I got to see Rob being a really good teammate. And not saying he's ever been a bad teammate, but it would have been easy on that trip to maybe press and, and feel like he needed to do more. But I don't think that he did that. And, and the good thing about playing basketball in July is it exposes you, but it exposes you when it doesn't necessarily matter. The results of that trip did not matter. He, he had now three or four months to, to get in the gym, work on his body, work on his game, get himself ready for November. He's going to have another period here with that, that non-conference schedule to see where he stands. And then I, I'm hopeful, hopefully, that Rob Dillingham is so good as a freshman that he helps Kentucky. They win a national championship. They go to Final Four. And then you send guys on. You bring the next group in. But if not, or even if they do win a title, without Rob at his best, you get sophomore Rob. Because if you can have a backcourt a year from now that has sophomore Rob Dillingham and sophomore Reed Shepard, you add a boogie fland in there, you add some of these other pieces, maybe you go get a veteran from the transfer portal that's a shooter. I really would like that backcourt with where Kentucky stands a, a year from now. But a lot has to happen between now and then, but you can at least see a possibility that it could play out that way. It's never safe to assume at Kentucky, though. It's never safe to assume in college basketball, period. But I could see it. Yeah, I like uh, – you can kind of be selfish both directions a, a little bit where if if Rob Dillingham comes back for a sophomore year, you get another year of fun. You get another year of the electricity. You get, you know, all that. But if you don't get a second year of Rob Dillingham, it means things went really, really well. It, it means things it went the way they were supposed to. You don't want to root for a second year of Rob Dillingham, uh, but just for me physically, I think it, it would it would do him wonders, and it would do uh, you know him wonders the, in the long term for his pro potential. Because I think a, a second year of him, where maybe he does take you know right now it's going to be DJ's team. Maybe next year he takes that step step up, and it's his team. And I think that'd be really intriguing to to see how that unfolds. I I, I think selfishly I think getting a second year out of him would would do wonders and I'd be really really excited about that but if he if you don't it means things went really really well uh, and I'm just as excited about and, that possibility too yeah and, and there's a number of scenarios that could play out right like injuries and, and things like that the things that we don't want to discuss we have no idea what these roles are going to look like come December and, and things like where, where does Rob fit is Rob just play his way into the starting lineup is Rob so good that you can't put him on the bench uh does Rob struggle a little bit in non-conference, but then get it right in conference? We know we're going to have those storylines. But I think that this backcourt is significantly undervalued. And I think that that is probably the most frustrating thing about where you see Kentucky at in some preseason rankings for some others. Yeah, I thought they were, I thought uh, it wasn't top 20 in college basketball. It, it's, it's not, according to, to some, some networks and some people, it's not. And I just think that that's crazy because – how, how far have we moved the goalpost here when it comes to evaluating what is a good backcourt and what is not? Because five or six years ago, the number one recruiting class would have probably had Kentucky in the, in the preseason top five. I like that they're not in the preseason top five. I think that this is the first year that Kentucky can probably enter a basketball season with not crazy expectations on their shoulders. And we already know in this city, in this state, the expectations are already high enough. You don't need anything from the outside to add ex expectations. This, this program knows where it wants to go where it needs to go, and that is to get to a Final Four International Championship. But you also got Joe Lenardi. I think the last time I looked, has Kentucky as a projected six seed. A year ago, they were on that one-two line going into the season. They obviously didn't reach that. So this may be a year where Kentucky actually can outperform some of the preseason expectations. And if they do, then who cares where they're at 
in September. Yeah, yeah it's a great point. Before we get to question number two from Connor Rigg, it's a great one. I'm really excited uh, to, to ask you about that. I do want to talk about our friends at my, my perfect franchise, Andy Ludicky. This show is as always brought to you by Andy Ludicky and my perfect franchise.net. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, finance requirements, time to commit and more. His services are 100% free and he is here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, you can learn more and contact Andy anytime at www.myperfectfranchise.net. Sean, uh, second part of Connor Riggs question if you got the choice between getting the Boozer twins or AJ DeBanza and someone like Darren Peterson, Koa Pete, or Caleb Wilson, who would you pick and why? Um, I have my answer. Is there any, any, anyone from that list that you uh, are, are dying to have in a Kentucky uniform? Well, I mean, obviously you get two with the Boozers, but with, that's, with that's AJ kind of a De- trick, a, a trick, trick part of that. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily think about that part. Which, which makes it more valuable there. But A.J. DeBanza, I mean, oh, my goodness, Jack. Like, me and you talked about him at Peach Jam, and I had not got to watch him in person. And you told me two days before we got to see him, you said, I want you to see A.J. DeBanza in person with your own two eyes. And you were, we weren't together at the moment. I had, I had been somewhere else, and you're texting me like, where are you? Where are you? And – no, he, he was he's as good as advertised. He, he's super talented, a, a generational talent, has potential to be uh, one of the better players in the NBA. I think he projects to, to be that at some point in his career. But if, if you told me that I could have one, uh, you, you give me A.J. DeVance every single time. I, I just think he's that good. You, you think about going back to our uh, question of the week, you know, if you grow to 6'8", what would that look like? So A.J. DeVance is 6'8", and he does all the stuff that you kind of like – well, I'm I'm really gifted as a uh, as an on ball uh, ball handler, and um, you know my my outside shot is good, but I'm really great at attacking the basket, and I'm I'm a, I have a nice finisher. You know, all the stuff that you kind of just make up in your head and think that's what you are as a basketball player. Talking out of my butt earlier, like me scoring on Andrew Harrison, get the hell out of here, not a chance. Uh, but all of those things that you think in your head, like that's who AJ Debanza is actually in real life watching him is just so stupid sometimes because he is six, eight and unbelievably athletic and long and he'll dive for loose balls and do, you know, actual winning plays. There was one play I saw where, uh, you know, he, he took a bad shot and it it kind of led to a quick uh, transition the other way that it was a cross court pass and he kind of caught it like Odell Beckham behind him and then like immediately launched it back up for a transition look to a clean layup at the rim uh, to one of his teammates. And then he went back right down the next possession and, 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 you know, knocked down a ridiculous fadeaway mid range. Like he just does everything on the floor for a guy that is six, eight, 205 pounds who, you know, he has the frame to be an absolute freak of nature. He is everything that you dream of in a basketball player. AJ DeBance is a guy that, if you're John Calipari, you do anything to get him in a Kentucky uniform. I like that there are a lot of guys to like. I like Jaden Quaintance. I like, you know, obviously the Boozer twins. That's a, a pipe dream. If Cal can somehow manage that, then uh, all credit to you. But that's the one guy, you know, Koa Pete's another one. They're, like there's so, Caleb Wilson. There's yeah. so many guys that you love in this, but he is, he's above like, he's above love. He's one of those guys that he is a must get. If you can get him in a Kentucky uniform, do whatever it takes because he's that talented and 
will be a generational talent at the collegiate level and at the NBA and NBA level. He's a, he's a future first team, all NBA basketball player. Yeah. He, he and Cooper flag drew the biggest crowds at peach jam for a reason, whether they were playing against each other or what, like it, it just individually in those moments, there was a reason people were lined up the upper level at peach jam for, for people that have been there, they'll, they'll understand. But if you've not, it's a track that goes around and there were four or five deep on the upper level that's just standing room only. And, and when you get standing room only, there's a reason. And it was the talent that was there playing. And, and that goes back to, I know with, with Cooper, it's different now, but with the 24 class and stuff, we were talking about how it was a weaker class, but then 25, 26, significantly more talented with, with difference making talent that can get to the league and be some of that generational talent that you see enter the league. So that's what we're talking about with these guys and, and things. And it's a much better class overall from top to bottom. Uh, the, the talent pool, when you, it, that's the thing, right? you got to rank these guys one through whatever. But number 10 in 2024, it's, it might not be the same as number 10 in 2025. It's a completely different player at that number, and that's just part of it. But no, like that, that AJ for sure would, would be my pick every single time. And I enjoyed watching him and uh, hopefully get to watch a lot more of him maybe here at Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, J2 Centerfield says, uh, could it be possible Cal has found his role players for the class in uh, Billy Richmond, Santo Cyril, and Boogie Flan? Then he is uh, being very cautious with who the headliners will be. I kind of like that mindset. I think I too. if you build the foundation of your class with nice complimentary guys, and then you could go, it kind of reminds me of when they went to go, uh, um, I'm trying to, was it, Julius Randle, that, that class where you had everything else built up and then you had that one final piece. If you go add you Julius Randle, you, you know, that, yeah. that's it. You, you know, not, not even a Jamal Murray. I think that was too late. But if you have kind of the other complementary pieces situated, then you can say, all right, Jaden Quaintance, pushing all my chips in on you. Let's, let's make this happen. Okay, Darren, Darren Peterson, let's put all, all these chips in. Let's make this happen. I, I like that mindset, and I, I think there is something to, to, to be said about that. I do too. I think that that makes sense. But what if, what if Kentucky stars are already on this roster a year from now? Like what if uh, it's some guys like we mentioned, Reed Shepard uh, or Rob Dillingham, or how, how does a do develop and some of these other players on this roster over the course of the next 12 months. And then obviously the transfer portal as well. But I think that that makes a ton of sense. You get those role guys, you get those pieces, that foundation that you talked about laying and uh, I think Kentucky could put together a good class and then a good roster a year from now. But a lot has to move between now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sean, has there ever been a time that you were stressed out buying tickets? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Not lately, though. <laughs> I, I know. And a big reason for that is because of our friends at Game Time. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets. Now isn't the time for guesswork with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seats, and the best price guarantee. Game Time does all of that hard work for you. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after the event starts, it is the place to find last minute seats, uh, last minute deals, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals uh, on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more with zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Sean, you have used it not once, but twice <laughs> since we've started this uh, started this deal. Talk about how it is absolutely flawless. The, uh, the, the user the, interfaces it, with game time. Yeah, it, it gets better every single time. I'll, I'll probably add, probably do a third. Might even might do a third before we even get, uh, before the Reds get out of Cincinnati and uh, hopefully uh, 
get that wild card spot and get to the playoffs. I, I might use it again this weekend or something to, to watch a series. But yeah, it's it's the easiest it's the easiest way to, to purchase tickets. And the view from your seat, you can see it. If you don't like it, you can pick another spot, get your view from there. Uh, Kentucky, Florida coming up at Kroger Field here in a couple of weeks, a big game. Or if not, look and see if you can get Kentucky Vandy this weekend. Yeah, th- th- there's no excuse. Kentucky football games every single weekend at this point, home or away. Uh, then Kentucky basketball season right around the corner. The, like now is the time to invest in game yep. time with us. I, I'm telling you, it, you will not regret it. Uh, game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time, will credit you with 100%, 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code KSR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, t- uh, create an account, redeem code KSR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee sean we're coming up the home stretch just a couple more minutes to go um i'm gonna try to answer a couple more questions that i had uh, on on the uh, youtube page just you know they're always uh, out in full force we always appreciate all of their hard work uh polaric spicer says rob is swelling up uh, and this kid really buys into the system wanting to get better all around then he said when billy is uh Oh, I just I, I, there was there was a good good question that he had and I just lost it. Oh, there it is. Uh, what what are the chances of Sompto coming next semester and what's the deal with Big Z? We talked extensively about Big Z the first twenty minutes of the show. Go back and rewatch that if you missed that part. Um, but Sompto is actually on record. I believe he just did an, uh, an interview with the Herald Leader. Um, where I'm actually kind of in conversations with OTE right now about getting Sompto on the show very soon. So keep a very close eye out on that. That is very likely our next very. Uh, special guest on the show. So we will have Sompto answer that directly for you, but I believe the Herald leader just got actual quotes on that for him where he said, no, the plan right now is for me to stay in 2024. No reason to rush. And I think again, having a guy like Sompto in your back pocket is a tremendous, tremendous thing. If you're John Calipari, where if something happens with Bradshaw, something happens with Ugo Z doesn't get in the way you hope and are trending toward, as we've seen in the last couple of days, then you always have Sompto in your back pocket to say, you know what? We got to have another body. He's a really freaking good piece to add in January. If it comes to it right now, the plan is not to do that. Let him keep developing at OTE. They're, they really like building that pipeline. The relationship Orlando Antigua is literally there right now for their pro day. So uh, a lot to like uh, about Sompto in 2024. If you need him in January, I get it, and and we'll cross that bridge when we get there, Sean. But I, I like him firmly in 2024 right now. And if you need him, it, to me, it wouldn't be a role on the court because we, we've never really seen that play out, right, where they had a guy the second semester and he plays or he contributes to on-court production. It, it would be a practice body. So I, I think if, if Big Z's here, Kentucky has enough depth, enough depth in the front court. If they don't, I think they'll make it work without him. But I guess the only plus would be to get him here, get him in the system, get him in those workouts, and get him in those practices. But if not, leave him alone, let him develop, and let him be ready a year from now to join this program. Jacob Polichick says, I'll take a starting five of Cooper Flag, AJ DeBansa, uh, Jack Pilgrim, Stephen Peake, and Sean Smith. You know, if I got those two dudes on, on my side, I can just kind of like – stay off to the side, eat a bag of popcorn and just like let them play five, two on five at that point. Like if I trust said, Steven to get ball screen. Like, <laughs> I, I trust Steven to knock down a shot or two. I, I trust you to hit a shot or two. I'll make a, a free throw. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be a really good hard foul guy. 
Like I'll be, I'll be tremendous at that and just let Cooper and AJ DeBance just go to work. I'll, I'll take my chances with those five. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll run a little two game action, two man action and just go empty side ball screen and us three spot up on the other side and just uh, hold those help defenders. Let the other two do the work. Absolutely. All right. Let's, let's have this be our very last question of the day before we get out of here. JT55 asks, in your opinion, who emerges as the closing five players at the end of a game this season for the Kentucky Wildcats show? You know, I, I feel like we've talked about this a few times, and I think it, it changes. Obviously, DJ Wagner, I think, is a closer. I think we saw that in Toronto. I think he's going to be on the floor in those moments. Antonio Reeves, when it comes to a veteran presence on the court and his ability to shoot the ball, I, I think he's going to be there, even if he has some defensive struggles. Trey Mitchell, to me, is enough as a veteran, I think, with his IQ, especially in the middle third of the floor with Kentucky running some stuff offensively. Reed Shepard is another guy that I'm going to slide in there. I, I think that you you can't definitely undervalue the, the presence of a trigger man that with the IQ that he has and being able to take care of the basketball and get another point guard option on the floor. I'll go those four, and then I'll say Justin Edwards. I think that those will be the five to, to close games out for Kentucky. I like DJ Wagner. I like Antonio Reeves. I feel pretty strongly about those two. Uh, give me Justin Edwards and his versatility. I, I really think that that's going to be uh, a game changer for this team. And give me Trey Mitchell and Aaron Bradshaw. I, I love. I, I'm really excited to see how those two will work together and how how truly how complementary they will be. On paper, you think that they're a perfect fit, and you could truly go a, a five out there. How? How seamless will that transition be for them? We'll just have to see it to believe it here in the next uh, month or two, uh, month or so. And when the season starts ramping up and we get to Big Blue Madness and all that good stuff, we will get to see it. Uh, things are still trending in the right direction for Aaron Bradshaw. Ugo's still right on schedule to come back uh, right on time. So you're in a good spot here, Sean. Get Z in you at are. whatever cost. I think that's the mindset of, of John Calipari right now. Get him in. I ain't going to lose you to DePaul. I ain't going to lose you to any of these other schools. Get Big Z in. And let it let these let everything fall into place the way it's supposed to. And I think uh, John Calipari very much likes his team, Sean. Yeah, you you essentially got to win that recruiting battle twice, right? You got you got to get him here, you got to get him committed, get him signed, and then uh, win him initially getting on campus. So uh, have to win that one twice. But the the question of who closes out games, I feel like that that's something that we will be talking about a lot in November and in December and even into January because I think it will change depending on scenarios late in games. Does Kentucky have the lead? Are they trailing? Who's their Who's their offensive lineup? Who's their defensive lineup? Things like that. So, uh, but it seems like John Calipari is going to have options, but we just do not know what those options are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out Justice Dental. Shout out my perfect franchise, Andy Ludicky, and shout out Game Time. Shout out KS Board and our very first debut of the uh, KS Board Question of the Week. It was awesome. Really appreciate him coming on and uh, starting a, a regular tradition for us. It's going to be a blast. Make sure you subscribe to KS KSR Plus and, and get on KS Board, and you can ask those questions and come on with us uh, every week. It's going to be a blast. We have a lot of fun stuff in store for the Source Say podcast, and I, I know uh, f- fans are definitely looking forward to it as well. Sean, let's get on out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can follow me on Twitter at GBB Country. Find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time from their Jam Packed Sources A podcast. We will see you then. With- 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.